رمضان البيان راديو بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Ramadan nights I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased to be joined on this blessed night of Ramadan the 14th night of Ramadan I'm very pleased and happy to be joined by my dear brother Sheikh Khalid Muhammad Assalamu alaikum Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh You know, it feels like just yesterday I was sitting here <laughs> But yesterday, or last time, sorry, I was here We were saying it's a third a third of Ramadan gone And pretty much now, subhanAllah, I'm at a half Almost, almost half, half, yeah, half time in Ramadan And as we know, it's time to re-evaluate What have we done in the first half And we'll get to that topic very soon Now I'd like to welcome all our viewers, all our listeners uh, listening on the Albion Radio app or watching on YouTube or Facebook, please do share away with your fellow brothers and sisters in Islam. And inshallah, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, you will earn some of the rewards. You will earn some rewards when you share. Now, in our first episode a few days ago, we spoke about the etiquettes of uh, visiting. And we took a few points. Maybe we can just recap quickly before we get back into it. Tonight will be part two, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Yeah, so for those who um, missed last uh, last lesson, uh, the podcast last week, or yeah, last week, subhanAllah, you're more than welcome, of course, and we highly advise that you do go back and listen to that, subhanAllah. And one of the main points which we did mention was uh, how many people go with a sincere and good intention to visit, whether it be their relatives, whether it be their friends. We spoke about some of the virtues of that, but one of the main points I wanted to uh, re-emphasize is how many people do go with a good intention, but end up leaving having committed major sins, uh, a lot of minor sins and the likes without them, without them knowing. Uh, so we did mention, subhanAllah, uh, some of the virtues of visiting one another for the sake of Allah. And you can go back to those and follow that. And some of the points we mentioned, just so we can uh, restart from a new kind of um, point today, we did mention just to uh, revise the intention should always be that you are visiting first and foremost for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, and then we also mentioned not to bombard people with the visits and we're going to speak a bit more about that today. And we mentioned one of uh, the main ones, subhanAllah, that are lot for uh, against in our day and age and that is not entering without permission. It's very, very important that we do seek permission to enter to the extent and we did not mention this last week but an extra point that if somebody enters your property, your house without permission, it is completely permissible and your right to pretty much kick them out with of course respect you are allowed to ask them and demand that they leave the property or the house if they entered without permission and this actually happened at the time of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam where there was a boy a boy that actually entered the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's house without permission and then the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam who as we know was sent to perfect good character he actually told this boy or this individual to leave. He said, Irja uh, or Irja, leave. And then he said, Faqul assalamu alaykum aadkhul. And for those who did listen and tune into last lesson, we said that is the correct way and one of the correct ways to seek permission to enter. So he actually told the boy, Go back, go back, yani go back outside and then say, Peace be upon you, assalamu alaykum aadkhul, may I enter? Or can I enter? So this is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam showing us that it is permissible to actually uh, 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 tell somebody to exit. And last lesson, we were actually speaking, Subhanallah, Sheikh, uh, that you know, if we were to do that in our day and age today, some people might look at you as you know being drastic, uh, um, being overboard, being extreme. But that's obviously not the case. And as we all know and should know by now, 
that at times Islam does call for some some sort of harshness, subhanAllah. And I, I'm not sure if we did mention it actually, uh, but we'll mention it now. And if there's any of our listeners tuning in on Facebook and that, you can inshallah finish off the narration for us that what do we do if somebody does announce lost property in the masjid? You know, if anybody can answer that question, please, we um, would highly appreciate, you know, if you would like to comment on the Facebook page and inshallah we'll check that before we finish. Hopefully we won't forget, Sheikh. Inshallah we won't forget. Whoever uh, would like to answer that question, you can leave your answer on the ASWJ Australia Facebook page there. We're streaming there right now. Or on our YouTube channel, Al Bayan Radio Australia YouTube channel, the live stream there. And inshallah we will get to it. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. Now, Sheikh, uh, where are we heading to to start off today so, with the etiquettes so to, of visiting? So to start off, inshallah, we'll just revise the last two that we mentioned last week, which was to mention who is at the door, um, if asked. And we also mentioned the phone call, subhanAllah, how many times do we get phone calls and it's just a random number, we've never seen it before, or a private number. And then you tell him, assalamu alaikum, alaikum assalam, give the salams. Then he says, it's me, doesn't even say a name, doesn't say who it is. Imagine this or someone like this at your door, you know, before you let them in, you want to know who it is firstly. So it's not from the sunnah to stay at the door and ask for permission without making it clear who it is if you're asked. So we said the hadith regarding that as well. And once again, I strongly and highly advise that you do go back to that. And lastly, uh, um, we mentioned the point to not stand directly uh, facing the door, uh, but we said to stand to the right or to the left or to turn around. The point is not to face the door directly. And I'm sure all of the listeners and all of my brothers and sisters, subhanAllah, been in some positions where they've came across just to be straightforward annoying guests guests that make you just irritated because of the way or what they're doing and i'm sure we've all been there and done that or if you haven't been there and done that where you've had annoying guests let us hope that we are not the annoying ones <laughs> so what do you think you mentioned there before, there before the mobile phone and the door and what do you think about those who call and they're on the door can you open up yeah, <laughs> you may not be ready. Yeah, you may. You know, a shock. Uh, if that, if I was in that position, Allahu alam, I, I the, the the phone might just be side clicked and uh, ignored. <laughs> Where are you? Can you yeah. open your door, please? Exactly, Subhanallah. So some people definitely do put you in those in those kind of um, tricky or sticky situations where it's almost like they're forcing you to allow them in. And this, Wallahi, yani, I I can't stress enough that this is not from the Sunnah. You know, as we mentioned last week, that Allah Azza wa Jal He says, "Wa in that subhanallah you know if you're told to go back go back likewise if you're at someone's house outside and they're not answering and you're knocking and they're not answering just go back and Allah tells us that is purer for you some of the ulama when they commentated on this narration they said because sometimes our nafs inclines towards that which is evil naturally sometimes it inclines to that which is wrong sometimes we possess those poisons of the heart and characteristics which these moments and situations will force us to purify ourselves yani imagine you're outside the brother's house knocking on the door and he is inside but he's not ready to uh, accept you as a visitor right now you came without an invitation and you expect him to open that door but he does tell you go back he does tell you go back now naturally shaitan might try to smack you in this position he might try to whisper and say, what's wrong with him? Why is he doing that? Does he not like you, etc., etc.? Just go back. It is purer for you and to break your nafs and to really train your soul uh, um, upon those attributes and characteristics and traits which are praiseworthy and in line with the uh, sharia. So today, inshallah, we'll start off, Sheikh, with the, 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 the etiquette of seeking permission with respect. 
So we did mention last lesson, obviously seeking permission in general, but this is to seek permission with respect. Like, you know, I, I just still can't emphasize enough how many people they go, especially when they got their kids there and they just knock like with all force on the door. They're about to break the door down or they, for example, يعني, ring that doorbell and they allow their kids to ring, 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 ring. And the doorbell's annoying as it is. You know, all of these things should not be done. And when we look at the time of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the hadith mentions in abwab al-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kanat tuqra'u bil adhafir that the doors of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this is the authentic narration it, they used to be knocked on with the people's fingernails yani subhanallah that the doors of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were knocked on with the fingernails so as i said today we do have the doorbells if the doorbell is functioning khalas one ring is sufficient one meaning at a time and as we're going to come inshallah ta'ala to the position where three and that's it as we're going to discuss of course inshallah from the etiquettes but the point is you don't need to sit there ring that doorbell 50 times after another and then call the guy 50 times and then knock on the door and if the door if the guy isn't there well like, oh you know what let's go to the windows and start looking in the window sheikh and jump in the backyard yeah send the son send the kid to jump in the backyard and 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 subhanallah yani, wallahi, it, it's very sad some of the things that does happen and and of course, yani, sometimes we can't help but laugh and, and smile at these matters. But in reality, they are going completely against the Sharia. You know what just came to my mind now? If you were to go to someone's house, a stranger, and you were to make yourself at home and enter his backyard, you get done for trespass. Exactly, subhanAllah. <laughs> but for some reason, we think because we know him <laughs> or because it's a Muslim, it's fine. You know, Allahu Akbar. I'm not saying call the police, but yeah, you know what I mean. Just, exactly. Just to mention. It's, it's serious. Yeah, it's a very serious matter, subhanAllah. So when we go over people's houses, whoever it is, even if it's our family members, يعني, it is upon us to seek permission with respect. And, and as you said, Sheikh, earlier, subhanAllah, that when you call someone and pretty much say, open the door. Okay, this isn't respectful either. You know, you should be asking, are you able to, for example, host me now? Am I able to enter? Not, wallah, open the door. Like as if you're giving him no choice. No, it's the host's choice. It's the person's choice. It's his house. If he's not ready in this moment, Allahu A'lam what he could be doing, whatever he's doing, even if he's lying down on the couch doing nothing. It is not for us to force ourselves in or make him feel like we're forced. Yes, the ulama, they did speak about what if the person is doing nothing or he is able to. Of course, it's an act of worship, as we said, and it's good for him to host if he can. But is it his obligation? No. It's not his obligation. It's his time. It's maybe his rest time. Allahu A'lam. The point is, subhanAllah, we need to be very, very careful regarding that. And obviously, as I said today, unfortunately, there is a lot that go against that. And the next point, Sheikh, we got is to seek permission if you want to bring someone with you. And this, <laughs> you know, may Allah forgive all of us. I wish we knew this, subhanAllah, but qaddarallahu ma sha'afa'al. Back in the days <laughs> where you get invited and you just bring a brother with you. And that brother might even tell you, Allah, I'm not, um, uh, I'm not comfortable. You know, did you tell him I'm coming and we just say to him, no, nah, no, nah, it's all right. He's fine with it. He doesn't mind. But in reality, this is not correct and we should not be doing this. Yani, what's the point? To seek permission if you want to bring someone with you, whoever it may be. Whoever it may be. Yani, even to the extent if you're going over your brother's house, your blood brother, and you're with your other blood brother, and he invited you personally, and you want to bring your other blood brother, if he's not invited, seek permission. Um, for him and on his behalf. And actually, Al-Imam Muslim, he places a chapter heading in his Sahih. Babu ma yaf'alu dayfu idha tabi'ahu ghayru man da'ahu sahibu al-ta'am. 
واستحباب اذن صاحب الطعام للتابع يعني the chapter on what a guest should do a guest what he should do if he is accompanied by someone who was not invited by the host يعني now if for example you got invited somewhere and there's someone else that wants to come as well what should we do well Imam Muslim places this chapter heading what should he do and he places a hadith under that as we're going to see and then he says it is recommended for the host to give permission to the one who has accompanied the guest so if you yourself are a host and you know your guest that you invited seeks permission for someone you should allow but say you got beef with the person which you know inshallah isn't the case uh, uh, but say you just don't want the person there for whatever reason maybe you invited someone specifically because you need to talk to him him about something private whatever the case may be if he does seek permission your guest if he does seek permission for someone else to come then it definitely is recommended for you to accept and subhanallah al-imam muslim he places a, a beautiful narration here and this uh, um, my brothers take heed to this and we're going to get to some of the things we can extract and our sisters yani you can use this with your husbands inshallah if they don't take it out ever <laughs> that the hadith mentions that anas he says that there was a Persian neighbor of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam كان طيب المرق فصنع لرسول الله sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ثم جاء يدعوه that there was a Persian neighbor of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he used to make excellent soup and the soup with meat the point is we're not going to get into the, the hadith too too uh, in too much detail the point is he used to make excellent soup subhanallah and he prepared some for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then he came and he invited the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to eat. And then as the hadith mentions, ثُمَّ جَاءَ يَدْعُوهُ فَقَالْ وَهَذِهِ يعني The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, وَهَذِهِ and Ashara ila Aisha yani he said and what about her pretty much and he pointed to his wife Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha and this Persian neighbor he said no <laughs> he said la yani oh, she's not invited <laughs> and you know we can imagine just being there subhanallah yani imagine you're a neighbor now of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and you go to invite him because you made soup and he's telling you okay what about what about her what about my wife Aisha <laughs> and you say no <laughs> Yadi Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Then be interesting to see people's reaction. Wallahi, it would be very interesting. Get on social media. Subhanallah. Speak about him. Yes, exactly, exactly, subhanallah. And then subhanallah, what happens is the man said no. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said la. فَقَالَ النَّبِيلَهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يعني no meaning alright I'm not going either and this is important brothers you know and sisters like I said you can use this with your husbands at times inshallah in its place <laughs> inshallah that the Prophet actually pretty much said I'm not accepting the invitation because you didn't invite my wife as well and then a second time the man came and he invited uh, um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَعَادَ يَدْعُوهُ فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَهَذِهِ فَقَالَ لَا فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَا so the second time the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was invited by this Persian neighbor and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam a second time said all right what about her again and then the man said no meaning she's not invited and then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said no as well so that's two times now and now we get to the third time and then it says the third time the man came to invite the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam if it was all of us I wonder, subhanAllah, would, could there have been a reason, which of course there was, for him not to say no. You know, your wife's not invited. But if it was one of us, I'm sure we would have said, bring whoever you want, Ya Rasulullah. But this shows us just 
the high etiquette, subhanAllah, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we'll see. But the point is just to end this narration that the man invited him the third time. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, obviously, what did he say once again? The same as he said the first two times. And he said, Wahadi, and he pointed to Aisha. And what about her again? Yani, and Aisha, is she invited too? And the man said, Naam. <laughs> yes, she is invited now. And then, Faqama yatadafa'ani hatta ataya manzila. That they started pretty much to, they got up pretty much very quickly yani, and they went to the man's because he, he was making excellent soup. So the point, subhanAllah, let us see regarding this narration. And wallahi, it's, as I said, a beautiful narration. The main point we want to extract from it, considering our etiquette, yani, is to seek permission for someone who wasn't invited. Yani now the Prophet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his Rasulullah, his Rasulullah more important and, and a greater station and status than any of us will ever, ever, ever be. He's our messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And still, when someone directly invited him, he didn't just bring whoever he wants. He didn't say, I'm Rasulullah, I'm just going to come and bring whatever I want or whoever I want. He actually sought permission for his wife, our mother. Our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Unlike today, Sheikh, as you probably, you've probably seen a lot of it, where people just come, they don't care. They don't pay attention to these etiquettes, subhanAllah. They'll just bring whoever they want. Whereas we know now, inshaAllah ta'ala, that if someone wasn't invited, seek permission for him. And don't get upset if they say no. Look, subhanAllah, this is one of the points we want to extract from this narration. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not get angry at the host. He didn't say, Why? This is my wife. She's your mother. How are you saying no? Yani because he understands it could be for a reason. Of course, the companion isn't just saying no for no reason. It could be he didn't make enough food and he got shy. It could be he had something. Whatever the point is that the Prophet ﷺ did not get angry. So likewise, you, my brother, you, my sister, when you get invited somewhere or if you go somewhere and they tell you go back, don't get upset. If they ask you to leave because they need to do something, don't get upset. If they ask you to come earlier than the time you guys agreed on, don't get upset. And if they say no about someone that you want to bring, don't get upset. And subhanAllah, also the compassion we learn from this narration and straight, wallahi, beautiful character of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he wanted to bring his wife so his wife can share in the, the, the meal with him. And this could be, wallahu alam, as some ulama said, it could have been because there was nothing at home for Aisha to eat or to get, you know, at least... A, a decent meal in for and that's not from the etiquettes of the husband to go out and eat every day or to go out and eat and leave his wife at home for example starving or very very hungry with nothing to eat at home so this is the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam not accepting the invitation because his wife was not allowed and that's the last point we'll mention regarding this narration whereas or where it is permissible to reject an invitation if there is a legitimate reason as we know the way of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to accept the invitations no matter who was from but if there's a reason or there's something there that stops you from doing so then you are um, allowed to not accept that invitation and actually one more point is the modesty of Aisha you know Sheikh subhanallah last last week I think it was Saturday or Sunday whenever I was on the point is I gave a talk and once again I do advise the brothers and sisters to go back to that um, I think it was night number nine Sheikh or night number ten approximately um, regarding the rights of the husband over the wife and of course we know Islamically Allah Azza wa Jal has given 
the husband rights over the wife, just like he has given the wife rights over the husband, of course. And it is incumbent upon everyone to learn these rights so they don't fall into haram. And we mentioned some of the uh, traits of the women of the Salaf and how they appreciated these rights. And just look at this narration and we see the modesty of Aisha radiallahu anha and the modesty of the Salaf. Yani Aisha was present and around the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when this was happening, but she didn't be, you know, go out and start screaming at the guy. She didn't make a big scene or fuss out of it. You know, Sheikh, I'm, in our day and age, you can just imagine what some sisters would do. Imagine now you're telling a guy or her, a husband in front of his wife, oh, I don't want your wife to come. Unfortunately, we do have some of our sisters that are so outspoken that they would make the biggest scene out of it. And they would make a fuss out of it. And this is not the way of the women of the Salaf, subhanAllah. Modesty, modesty, modesty. I strongly advise, of course, with that for the sisters and our brothers, modesty as well, of course. And also to instill that in the hearts of your of your women folk. And we do as well, Sheikh, um, last year, of course, you know, I gave the lesson about modesty. And we called it the modest Muslim. And that's on YouTube, Sheikh. Yes, right. You can find all those uh, lessons. The one you mentioned firstly is uh, night nine. On the, you can find it on the... Uh, the stream on Masjid Al-Azhar Belmo and on Al-Bayan as well. And also the, the lesson from last year is on the yeah. Masjid Al-Azhar YouTube channel. Uh, you can Google it and it will come up. Inshallah. And it's very interesting, you know, modesty today is something somewhat of a lost uh, quality or it's it's been, how can we say, a forgotten quality or a lessened quality where, you know, this was the, you know, like from the most beautiful qualities of a human, subhanAllah. You know, especially the woman. As you know, the Prophet was the most modest of people. And he is our Prophet. So if we're not following him in this, then what are we going to follow him in? Exactly. He, he yeah. is the most modest. He is the most shy. Never to shy away from the truth, but that's what, you know, the balanced approach of the Prophet is what we seek. And even in, you know, interactions with, with, with the husband, with the wife, uh, as, a, as a guest, as a host, it's there all the time. It doesn't leave him. We're not only, we don't only display modesty in certain places or certain locations. It's 24 7. It's everywhere. All, all places you go to, it's there with your husband, with your wife, with your children, in the masjid, in the marketplace, online. You know, some people today forget their modesty online. <laughs> yes, subhanAllah. Amongst the brothers exclusively, amongst the sisters exclusively. It's a 24 7 trait, it's a full time thing it's not Definitely. a part-time thing where you forget it at home or whatever it may be Definitely. and something subhanallah which is so important what you said Sheikh, and i i really just want to reiterate that that modesty is not limited to the women as well brothers by the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the sheikh just mentioned he was more modest as the hadith mentions than a virgin in her quarters that's the narration Subhanallah, She's more modest than a virgin in her um, quarter, subhanAllah. And we know Musa alayhi salam being so modest as the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told us that he did not even allow anything from his skin to be shown. That's the narration and it's authentic, subhanAllah. And there's so many narrations we can mention regarding that. And one of the greatest um, ayat regarding that in the Quran is regarding the story of Musa alayhi salam, subhanAllah, when he went and of course he gave um, drink to those two which one ended up being his wife uh, the cattle of the two ladies and subhanallah Allah Azza wa Jal he says after everything and subhanallah which is actually pretty interesting I, I remember one of the ulama mentioning regarding this story is that after Musa you know he saw the ladies far away from the men just for those who don't know the story you can go back to Surah Al-Qasas regarding this specific instance he saw the ladies uh, uh, um, uh, far away from the men around the drinking area the area which they take there uh, of 
course, cattle and their um, animals to, to drink. And the men were, of course, giving their animals the drink. And the ladies were far away with their animals. And their father was an old man, as the ayah mentions. The point is, when Musa, alayhi salam, he comes and he says, Ma yani, What's the matter with you? What are you guys doing? What are you, what are you doing here? And then they, they let him know the situation, that there's men over there. Look at subhanallah, how beautiful is that, yani, how, you know, how much they were trying to just avoid the men, aslan. And we know, you know, at times it's permissible, like going to the marketplaces to get what you need and the likes. But these were ladies who just were so shy and modest that they did not even want to be around the men, even when they had a legitimate reason yani, to go and give their cattle the drink. So the point is that once everything was done and Musa alayhi salam actually took these animals and gave them the drink, uh, when he came back, he didn't sit there, Wallah, oh, if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. You know, if you, uh, 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 you come and ask me, he, Allah Azza wa Jal tells us he just went under the shade of the tree and then he made dua to Allah and something so beautiful apart from that that they were away from the men and as the ayahs, uh, the ayat they mentioned subhanallah is Allah then mentions that one of these two ladies went uh, to Musa alayhi salam of course to go and tell him that their father wants to give him the reward and one, two, three for what he did the point is Allah mentions and then the ayah continues tamshi ala stihya and this is something so beautiful, subhanAllah, that it's very important for the reciters as well. This Ramadan, I advise if there is any of our brothers reciting, yani being imma and the likes, imam positions. And also just for us when we do recite Quran, to just be careful uh, uh, where we stop and start with the recitation because it can really change the meaning. And sometimes it can change the meaning in a negative way, a really negative way. The point is that, here we're allowed to stop in either position and when we stop it actually gives it another meaning and the meaning here is actually beautiful subhanallah that Allah says if we were to stop here Allah is saying that the lady one of them one of the two she came yani, to Musa to tell him alayhi salam to tell him that her father wants to give him the reward she, the ayah says a lady or one of them came to him yani, to Musa alayhi salam walking modestly the ayah if we stop there that's the meaning so when she walked she walked with modesty. She didn't walk as they say in our day and age, you know, while strutting her stuff and, you know, trying to get his attention or the guys. She walked modestly. And after that, we can say, قالت, and we continue the verse. Or Allah Azza wa Jal, or we can stop and say, Tam, uh, or we can stop, stop. One of them, one of the two ladies came walking and we can stop there. And then we can start from, Yani even when she spoke, even when she spoke, she spoke with modesty. Yani Allahu Akbar, this is so important. So we don't want to go on the <laughs> the side rant too much about the modesty topic, but it is so important, brothers and sisters. The hadith pretty much says that modesty does not enter upon anything except it beautifies it. We advise the brothers and sisters to make it a checklist when you're getting married, and that is modesty for the brothers and sisters. A checklist, a big tick, big box. <laughs> And it's needed. It, tick it with a, <laughs> a, a, a spray can. That yeah, need, definitely. It's needed, very subhanAllah. Very, very, very important. And we'll get to it again. I think it's very important to discuss. Moving on, what's next, Sheikh? Okay, moving on. Now, after we've sought permission for ourselves and we've sought permission for those who are with us and the likes, the next etiquette is to return after three attempts. So after three attempts of you trying to enter or at least seeking permission, you move on. Al-Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he places a semi-long narration under his chapter heading, Kitab Al-Adab, the chapter of etiquettes or manners. He says that Abu Musa Al-Ash'ari, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu wa arda, he came to the house of 
حافظ عمر ابن الخطاب رضي الله عنه and he said السلام عليكم هذا عبد الله بن قيس he said peace be upon you he called out peace be upon you I am يعني this is meaning me the one that is speaking this is or I am Abdullah ibn Qais and then he called out no one answered he called out a second time Assalamu alaykum هذا Abu Musa he said peace be upon you because he didn't get an answer the first time peace be upon you this is Abu Musa and then a third time Assalamu alaykum هذا الأشعري you know, assalamu, peace be upon you. This is Al-Ash'ari. Because Abu Musa Al-Ash'ari. Uh, and obviously the first time he mentioned his actual name, Abdullah ibn Qais. Then he mentioned his kunya. And then pretty much his uh, lockup on his Before you continue, Shaykh Al-Ash'ari. Al-Ash'ariyun is a Qaisin. <laughs> Shaykh, the, the, it's definitely not, yani, what obviously <laughs> people generally come and think of um, today, yani, which right. is, uh, we can say the sect, yani, the Ash'ari. And some have tried to. Uh, uh, make that comment which is very very just out of line Sheikh I think the right words will be يعني, just very strange so he actually sought permission three times and then what happened was Umar radiallahu anhu did not answer and he was in the house and then Abu Musa uh, radiallahu ta'ala anhu he left now this is what we should be doing where he if we do go to somebody's house and we call out once no answer twice no answer Thrice, yani three times, no answer. We go back. That's it. No hard feelings, no problems. That's it. Now, Amr uh, radiallahu anhu, after he finished what he was doing, he had heard Abu Musa, and after Abu Musa left, Amr sent for him. Amr radiallahu anhu sent for him. And then he asked him pretty much, Why did you do that? I was busy. He said he was busy, yani doing whatever he was doing. And then he said, Why did you do that though? He was asking now, Why did you go and look at the Salaf and the companions, how eager they were to get any knowledge, subhanAllah? Yani, because they knew everything that's done would have a dalil. And we mentioned this when we briefly spoke about the first or the 70,000 that will enter paradise without um, punishment or, or accountability. And we said the tabi'een, when, when um, one of them found out the other one did ruqya for a scorpion sting, what did he say? Why did you do that? They're just so eager for knowledge, subhanAllah. So the point is, subhanAllah, Abu Musa radiallahu anhu, he said, al-isti'dhan thalath. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam meaning mentioned Al-isti'dhan thalath Fa'in udhina lahu wa illa faraja' Or, or farji' That the, the seeking of permission is three times If the person is allowed to enter So be it, good, let him enter And if he's not, he is to go back And then actually, that's the narration So that's where of course we see the proof brothers and sisters That you get three times or three chances Three requests If no one answers or there's pretty much no one there or they tell you to go back khalas just go back um, then something interesting subhanallah uh, is that Umar radiallahu anhu this is the famous um, part where he said to Abu Musa either you're going to uh, bring a proof for this what you said pretty much يعني, like someone else to authenticate what you mentioned or to um what's the word sheikh to kind of like back up what you mentioned that he heard the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say that or i'm going to do and i'm going to do yani you're gonna get a punishment of of some sort and firstly just so i don't forget this is proof brothers and sisters do not jump any fences <laughs> we don't want any fences being jumped and wallah i just gotta see the window let me just see if they're inside and let me just go to the back and there's a door at the back i'll go and knock on that one do not do that we don't want any trespassing and trespassing is not from uh, uh, the religion or you know from the etiquettes of the Muslim. So 
He actually said to, to um, uh, Abu Musa that either you're going to get me some proof for this, for what you're saying, or I'm going to do and I'm going to do. And this shows us once again that the eagerness of the Salaf um, to authenticate what they what they hear. You know, this is a companion talking to a companion. Umar radiallahu anhu is talking to Abu Musa radiallahu anhu and he's telling him pretty much, get me proof, get me back up. Like an, imagine what's getting sent today and spread today and... Allahul Musta'an, everything left, right and center, everyone wants to share everything, not even check, is it real, is it not? Wallah, we got TikTok, we got Instagram, we got Facebook, we got uh, Snapchat, we got, um, I don't know, WhatsApp, يعني, and videos are getting sent. Yes, there's a whole heap of da'wah um, being spread and sent around, videos, recordings, etc. But how many of it is authentic? And how many of it, Sheikh, is in line with the Quran and Sunnah? You know, unfortunately today, a lot of it is not. So much of it is not. And subhanAllah, if you really take a step back and think about it, those who are spreading these things that are not in line with the Quran and Sunnah, you're spreading yani dalala. You're pretty much spreading misguidance and you're spreading that which is completely contradictory to the Quran and Sunnah. And just remember that pretty much you're talking uh, um, on behalf of the deen. You know, imagine Allah Azza wa Jal was to ask you before you spread that video, are you willing to put it on your neck what you're spreading? You know, is this really from my religion? Is this really what I want, what I commanded, etc.? We gotta just be very careful regarding that. Uh, I'm sure, Sheikh, as well, you've seen on the TikTok and what's going on. Well, it's amazing yeah. today. You know, you, sometimes you can pretty much say that most of the stuff you receive is not is yeah. not authentic, or it's it's not uh, you know confirmed whether it's authentic or not. Uh, you know, sources are doubtful to say the least. So, you know, as we said before, the checklist for modesty, yep. before you send the hadith, make sure you know where it's from. Definitely, definitely. Don't just, don't, don't just share. If you receive something, stop there. Clarify to the best of your ability. If you're not sure, don't, don't, don't send don't it. Share. Yeah, don't 100%. And at the end of the day, what, like, what are you spreading for in reality? If you have a sincere intention and your intention really is for Allah Azza wa Jal and to defend and help and protect and, you know, lift his religion by his will, uh, uh, um, you would check it. You would make sure it's authentic. We were talking about it before we got on air today, Sheikh. A lot of the issue, a lot of the times, it's uh, brothers and sisters get let their emotions get yeah. involved. So they get a video. It's got a nice hum in the background. Yeah, subhanallah. The speaker speaking with a nice tone. You know, uh, you know, he's got his voice right. She's got her voice right. Allah alam what they're saying. Yeah, but it's got the nasheed. That's it. As long as the nasheed, he may break down. Emotion is important, That's don't get it. me wrong, but it's got to be guided by knowledge. Of course, you know, not emotion just... Emotion without yeah. knowledge. Not just, well, like anyone, yeah, anyone saying anything and you just got in the background, ah, yes, and that's it. That's, that's a nice, <laughs> I know uh, the voice won't sound like go. that, but the, I think the tone's right. Pretty close. <laughs> so they get the video and, yalla, bismillah. Yeah. They share it with their, you know, some of them, these brothers and sisters, Alhamdulillah, their contact list is... You know, hundreds, yeah, thousands, exactly. whatever, and then exactly, exactly. You know, if there's stuff which is not authentic, there, yeah, you. you're the means, hundred percent. Be careful. Yeah, you're literally now the means of that misguidance. And Sheikh, you were mentioning before, like you mentioned here before we got on air, Sheikh uh, Shinqit is fatwa, and a lot of, actually, a lot of the ulama have spoken against really these anashid, especially when it comes brothers and sisters when it's overlapping the Quran. Well, you know, we gotta be very careful. Yani, is the Quran not enough? Is the words of Allah Azza wa Jal not enough to move your heart? And after that, the Sunnah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just sad. It is very sad, and unfortunately, 
Um, يعني it's one thing to say, okay, if there's no ayat and ahadith, as we say, يعني like, mm. okay, we will, you know, let it slide. But when there's ayat and ahadith and brothers are still adamant to really put these, like, what are you trying to connect the people's hearts to? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. trying to connect the people's hearts to anashid? Or are you trying to put connect the people's hearts to the words of Allah? The Quran is enough. It's it sufficient. is. Wallahi, for the one that really understands, contemplates, the Quran will move his heart, subhanAllah. This is one of the traits that Allah describes the people of belief that their hearts move their hearts tremble at the hearing the, of the Quran but unfortunately today we do see that a lot of um, brothers and sisters they are or they do go after these anashid and could it be because it naturally draws a bit more likes than that possibly wallahu a'lam I don't want to judge anyone's intention specifically or individually especially Allah knows what's in the hearts but you can't help but think sometimes that why? Why are you putting these anashid on top of Quran? And sometimes the anashid will literally overlap the Quran in the sense you can barely even hear the Quran. So what is what is this? Allah says, وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِاللَّتِهِ أَحْسَنْ You know, and pretty much engage with them, uh, uh, um, discuss and debate with them with that which is better. And no doubt the word of Allah is the best. The word of Allah is um, the best. So, Subhanallah, just to touch up, just so I don't forget in case we did finish off before this point that uh, uh, um, what if, subhanallah, you were at the door, brothers and sisters, and you're sure that the person didn't hear you inside. Now, because of the hadith, we did mention that al-isti'dhan thalath, that the seeking or um, our requesting of permission is three. Uh, some of the ulama said three and that's it. Whether you think he heard, he didn't hear, whether you think he's in the front or the back, the point is three times and you leave. Whereas other ulama, and wallahu a'la wa a'lam, this seems um, like a strong opinion because uh, uh, the pretty much goal was not obtained. If you know you're 100% or you most likely think that the person did not hear you, then you're allowed to seek permission more than that. Such as if he's in the back doing whatever and you knocked on the door. You don't need to knock, as we said, the hadith with your fingernails, you know. <laughs> you don't need to do that. The point is that this was just to emphasize the how respectful we should be when we do and don't break the door down, you know. You know, our parents, you just yeah. reminded me now, they actually know the knocks of people. Subhanallah. <laughs> I've heard that up. one. I've heard, but I've never. <laughs> like my parents, I remember clearly growing up, you hear someone knock a certain way. Yeah. Yep. That's full and that's his knock. Yes. Subhanallah, <laughs> and it's something that I remember growing up quite clearly. Yeah. And you know what? Subhanallah, I I don't remember them being wrong. Subhanallah, you know the knock. <laughs> but you remind me of the um, the open up knock. Now you see him. Yeah, yeah. Like that gets louder. Yeah, and then it's and really, then the open hand. Yeah, subhanallah. <laughs> on the door, and you know, on the wooden doors, it's yeah, louder it's than loud. that. It is. It is. And and so you you'll be thinking, are they about to use their elbows soon? <laughs> yeah. He's breaking down the door soon. He's going to get the elbows and knees involved. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. I think we'll take one more, Sheikh. Yeah, one more, one, inshallah, and we'll yeah. wrap up. And this one might be just, uh, inshallah, it won't be, uh, yeah, it'll be a decent one, inshallah, regarding the length. Yani, it shouldn't be too long. That uh, uh, avoiding the prohibited or unwelcome times of visiting. To avoid the prohibited or unwelcomed times of visiting. Now, to summarize all of this one, when you know it's customarily known to be a time not to visit brothers and sisters, don't visit. Don't visit. Or if there's a need to visit, ensure that you seek permission. And subhanAllah, when we mention customarily here, some of the scholars, they mentioned this could be on an individual basis or a communal basis. Yani, for example, it is known, don't visit people at 2 a.m. But wallahi, you'll be shocked and surprised, brothers and sisters, that you may get some people that will visit at these or want to visit at these times, even though it might be very rare, you might still get that odd you know, person. What are you doing? You know, this is a time for sleep. It's known. What are you doing? Why are you trying to even visit at this time? 
you know, subhanAllah. Or even let us just say in Ramadan, for example, iftar time. You know, you get a knock at Maghrib time. Assalamu alaikum, what are you doing? <laughs> he wants to come in. Man, you're about to have iftar with the family. You know, we got to really, really uh, just be aware of these etiquettes. That's shots fired, that one. That's shots fired, shots definitely. Fired, 100%. Yeah, that one, look, you know, there's going to be heart feelings there. <laughs> you know, there's going to be heart feelings All from wants to eat. either party. That's it. That's it. And this actually happened at the time of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not exactly um, what we just said at Maghrib time and that, but we'll get to the narration very shortly. But so times like this could include, you know, um, and on an individual basis, if the brother works night shifts and subhanAllah, he comes home, let's say after shuruq, he prays fajr, inshallah, whatever, in the masjid and in jama'ah, whatever the case is, he comes home after shuruq and subhanAllah, let's say he comes home after sunrise, for example, and you know the guy's just done 12 hours and then you want to come, well, he comes home at 7, you want to come at 7.30. Well, no, this isn't, you know. Yeah, he wants, like, exactly. He wants, <laughs> now, because he's not working night shift, he thinks it's all good. But if you know that a brother is working, you know he's going to be tired. He needs to rest. He needs to sleep in the day. He needs to get ready and get his body rejuvenated and re-energized to work and feed his family in one, two, three. So this is like an individual case, right? But generally speaking, to, for example, call and come visit at those times is fine. But when you know a brother is, for example, going to work at night and he's not, he needs to sleep in the day, don't visit him in the day. Or at least call him and ask him, seek his permission. Wallah, it's okay if you can't accept me at this time. I understand what I need to talk to you or when can I talk to you? When's a good time? Whatever the case is. So subhanAllah from the points about this and inshallah we'll mention a couple of the main verses regarding this. Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, ليستأذنكم الذين ملكت أيمانكم والذين لم يبلغوا الحلم ثلاث مرات من قبل صلاة الفجر ومن بعد أو حين تضعون ثيابكم من الظهيرة ومن بعد صلاة العشاء ثلاث عورات لكم So Allah Azza wa Jal, He says Are you, have, are you who have believed Let those whom your right hands possess and those who have not yet reached puberty amongst you, some of the ulama and they actually the majority they said the male and female slaves The point is here regarding the permission Let these individuals ask permission of you before entering at three times before the dawn prayer the fajr prayer and when you put aside your clothing for rest at dhuhr time and after the night prayer these are three times of privacy for you and aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha showing us this that at time the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and even before then the arab used to have these times where they'd know it's not from their etiquettes to visit she says that i do not remember my parents believing in any religion other than the religion of islam lam aqil abawayya illa wa huma illa wa huma yadinan din that i did not see my parents pretty much be on a religion other than the religion of Islam. That's why many ulama said that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was only a, a Muslim pretty much. He did not worship any anything other than Allah. Allahu A'lam. The point is, and we remind the brothers that even if he did, <laughs> you know, there's some unfortunate sects out there and people out there, uh, 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 wallahi delusional individuals that try to say or try to degrade or take away from the status of Abu Bakr and Umar and some of the companions saying things like and throwing kalam like, oh, they used to worship other than Allah. Mm. Let us just say, even if they did, even if they did, Sheikh, big deal. Did they not die as the best of people after the prophets and messengers? You know, at the end of the day, these people are people who are loved by Allah. And who love Allah and Allah witnessed and or pretty much uh, testified to this. Subhanallah, and even if you read the books of history, universally you see that you know in in their life before Islam, especially regarding um, Abu Bakr and Uthman, that they kept away from the practices. Exactly. That were 
commonly yeah. practiced in Jahiliya. Definitely. So and, I don't yeah. know where they get this from. Yeah, and, and, and let us just say anyway they, they didn't. Let us just say they didn't. Yani, what is the big deal? They, you know, people who try to take away and take this as a principle, my brothers and sisters, people who try to take away from the status of these great companions, wallahi, they are very delusional and we strongly advise stay away from these individuals. It's normally Omar who's attacked through this bab. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Door, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially and, regarding burying, yeah. which is not, not authentic exactly. in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Burying his infant daughters. Yeah, yeah, as they the say, supposedly, subhanAllah. And at the end of the day, anyway, let us say they did commit any or every sin under the face uh, 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 on the face of this earth, subhanAllah. They repented, as we all know, and Allah Azza wa Jal, as I said, testifies to this. And they were the, the, just the greatest of men after the prophets and messengers. May Allah be pleased with them. The point is that Aisha is saying now about her own parents that she did not see them. Uh, she did not witness them pretty much worship anything other than Allah in her lifetime. The point is now, subhanAllah, for this narration. Uh, and that the Prophet, وسلم, there wasn't a day. Look how close the Prophet was وسلم, to Abu Bakr. There wasn't a single day except that the Prophet وسلم, would visit them, would visit them. Subhanallah, uh, uh, pretty much day and night, morning and evening, as the hadith mentions. And then she says, One day, one day, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَبَيْنَمَا نَحْنُ جُلُوسُ We were sitting, فِي بَيْتِ أَبِي بَكْرٍ فِي نَحْرِ الظَّهِيرَةِ We were sitting in the house of Abu Bakr at around Zuhur time, at around noon time, and we said, Generally, that's a time that we shouldn't be, or they, that back then they found it customary not to visit. So why would the Prophet ﷺ visit? Or where do we extract from this hadith that it was a time that generally they wouldn't visit? And then we take with us and learn that there are times, brothers and sisters, don't visit people. It's known, just don't visit. It's not from the etiquettes. They're probably busy or they usually are busy or whatever it is. The point is here, and we'll end with this, Sheikh, um, so we don't go too long. فَبَيْنَمَا نَحْنُ جُلُوسٌ فِي بَيْتِ أَبِي بَكْرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنُهُ فِي نَحْرِ الظَّهِيرَةِ قَالَ قَائِلْ هَذَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي سَاعَةٍ لَمْ يَكُنْ يَأْتِينَ فِيهَا فَقَالَ أَبُو بَكْرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ فِي هَذِهِ السَّاعَةِ إِلَّا أَمْرٍ That subhanallah, Aisha radiyallahu anha is saying that he, a, a caller called out, this is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam coming now. He's coming to visit Abu Bakr for a reason. And it's mentioned as Aisha says, in a, at a time that he usually would not come. So even that's one th proof that the ulama, they say, okay, it shows us that we shouldn't visit generally people at certain times. And as we said, these times can be customary. It could be person to person or it could be a communal kind of custom that, okay, don't visit people at these times. Like we said, okay, a time like 2, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., right before Fajr. Everyone knows don't visit people at these times. Or it could be on an individual basis. As we said, if you know this guy's got work at this time or and he comes home, he wants to rest. Or he's clearly made it clear, brothers, I have dinner with my family at 7 before Isha by half an hour. Please, I don't want people to visit me at this time. Don't visit and don't get upset. The point is then Abu Bakr ends and he says, subhanAllah, that it must be something very urgent for him to come at this time. Showing us that, you know, he, it wasn't from the custom to visit uh, at this time. And I'll end with one more, inshallah. Uh, uh, Before you mention that, yep. final point, there's, there's a point there that I found interesting, Barakallahu Fiqh, is that the Prophet is the best of creation. He's more virtuous than Abu Bakr. And here he is visiting Abu, Abu Bakr, Bakr. Subhanallah. Because today yeah. we see, you know, this attitude that I don't visit him, he visits me. Definitely. You put yourself on a yeah. pedestal, as some people call him, Shaykh Holo Big Shot. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, no one's near him. 
I'm not. I don't visit. Everyone visits me. Yeah. Who are you compared to the Prophet Sallallahu Subhanallah. He's the best yeah. of people. And here he is, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, visiting Abu Bakr. Subhanallah, so, exactly. So there's nothing wrong with someone who, you know, he's of a higher level in society or more 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 knowledgeable yeah. or whatever, visiting of someone course, who may not yeah. be on that level. Subhanallah. Even family-wise, you know, uh, Sheikh, in saying that like a father visiting his kid, some unfortunately 100%. fathers have the mentality like, oh, they're my kids, I'm their dad, they need to visit me. Of course, generally, yes, okay, no problem. We understand, especially with custom and that that is the case generally. But break it if you have to, that custom, that kind of harsh mentality, you know, just as we say, you know, just anideen, a lot of them, just stubborn. With visit yeah. Fox, man, Ali in exactly, house. exactly. Just sit some, on the end of their bed Subhanallah. There. Subhanallah. So, exactly, Beautiful proof, Yani, to say that yes, doesn't matter what status you reach. You know, Wallah, some people might say, Well, I'm a sheikh now, or I'm a Wallah, I've done my doctorate and I'm a doctor, you know, or, or partially to me. Yeah, I don't yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah, exactly. Or Wallah, you know, I'm uh, I'm just older than him, I'm not gonna visit, you know, and they end up, Wallah, it ends up being like a disease. It ends up being literally, wallahi, like a marad, just a sickness in the person's heart where he stops visiting everyone. And the thing is, it could get to a point where people stop visiting him too. And then what? The guy's going to be left alone. He's going to end up hating everyone. He's going to end up, yeah, wallahi, so many times this happens. He's going to end up leaving the masajid because he finds it awkward. They didn't visit me. They didn't call me. One, two, three. Wallah, it's, it's, it's a big problem. And, and especially... We should always, you know, humble ourselves and especially when it comes to those who are knowledgeable though. We do say visit the knowledgeable people, brothers and sisters, you know, sit with them, you know, uh, you'll benefit. It could be one point that you learn that will save you from the hellfire by the word of Allah. Just, it could be you sit with someone for a hundred hours and just literally two minutes of those hundred hours, something is said that protects you from the hellfire. As we know, knowledge is sought. I mean, yeah. You go to the knowledge, it doesn't come to you. Some brothers, they want yes, the knowledge yeah, yeah, to come yeah. to their doorstep. Yeah, and it, yeah. I think it's Uber delivery or something. <laughs> it's going to come, I'm going to open well, it up and eat it. It's so interesting you said that, Sheikh, because I didn't even start this athar, but we're going to mention it. And it's exactly that point. Knowledge is sought, brothers and sisters. Al-ilmu yu'ta wa la yati. Al-ilmu yu'ta wa la yati. Knowledge is to be gone to. Uh, it does not come to you. You are to go to knowledge. You are to seek the knowledge. Knowledge does not seek you. You know, a lot of people they want to sit all day and you know kick back and lay back, and they they wonder why. why I wonder why this guy is knowledgeable in this field. I wonder he's going out there. He's seeking it. Nothing is gonna come and seek you. So uh, Subhanallah, we'll end with this narration, and I'll mention mention it in Arabic for our um, Arabic listeners, and then Inshallah Taala quickly we'll just mention the English version, and we'll end there. And once again, this is just regarding. Always, let's take it back to the point about etiquette when visiting. But it's even greater and more general than this. رَوَى الْحَاكِمُ وَالْطَبَرَانِ رَحِمَهُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنِ ابْنِ عَبَّاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا قَالَ لَمَّا قُبِضَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ لما قبض النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قلت لرجل معي إن هذا العلم لا يوجد عند هذا الحي من الأنصار سأل حاكم الطبراني ذي نري ذا ابن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنهما of course we know the cousin of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم as we're gonna see towards the end he said after the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم passed away I said knowledge is found in this area of the Ansar and he started seeking that knowledge, gathering it from its people, as he says, minhum. I started to go and seek that knowledge. I went there and started seeking this knowledge. You know, even if he could find a hadith from anyone, just one, a hadith authentic from the Prophet wasallam. that's it. He's happy. He's content. And this was the way of the Salaf. If they went months 
months, journeys, as we know, travels just for one hadith, they would be happy. And they would go and seek it, as we said, because knowledge does not seek, it is sought. Knowledge does not seek, it is sought. So he says, فَتَتَبَّعْتُ الْعِلْمَ أَجْمَعُهُ مِنْهُمْ فَإِذَا بَلَغَنِ الْحَدِيثِ عَنْ أَحَدٍ مِنْهُمْ ذَهَبْتُ إِلَيْهِ If I knew يعني, pretty much someone had a narration or narrations, I would go to him. And he mentions a beautiful story now, وَإِنْ كَانَ قَائِلًا I, I would go to that person, even if his يعني, قَائِلَ here meaning even if it's في وقت القيلولة, even if it's the time where you know they have that short nap around the time, etc. Even if it was that time, I would go. But now let us see what he does because we did mention that generally, especially back then, customarily, it was a time which visiting shouldn't really occur or happen. So let's see how he uh, would come about this. He wanted something from the person now inside the house, but it's generally known to be a time which people are sleeping. They're having their midday nap, as we say. So he says, Jalastu inda atabati babih, that I sat on his doorstep. And subhanAllah, this is. Abdullah ibn Abbas, the cousin of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and still he did not, wallah, I'm Abdullah, you know, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for me, and one, two, three, and I'm his cousin, his family, you have to, you're obliged to, you know, honor me and open the door and I need to come in and I don't care what time it is. No, he actually took all these things into consideration with the etiquette. So he says, Jalastu inda atabati babi, I sat at his doorstep, walam atruq alayhi baba. I would not knock on his door because obviously it's the time where he's usually sleeping, this individual or these individuals. So I didn't knock on the door. And I also didn't even seek permission to enter. I just sat outside and waited. I sat outside and waited. To the extent, brothers and sisters, he says, that you know, the wind would blow dirt on me. Like, I, just imagine Abdullah, and we know he was young when the Prophet ﷺ passed away. He's going to seek knowledge now, but from the etiquette of visiting, he knew, of course, was to not annoy the people, the inhabitants of the property, their house, especially at times where they're usually busy doing something, in this case, sleeping. So he says, I didn't knock on the door, and I didn't even seek permission to enter. Even I sat outside on the doorstep, and the wind would blow dirt on me. The wind would blow dirt on me. He says, And whilst I was sitting, the wind would blow dirt or dust on me, whilst I would be sitting waiting for this Ansari, this companion from the Ansar, to come out, subhanAllah. He says, So the Ansari, the companion, would come out and he would say, May Allah forgive you, O oh, no, oh, cousin. Oh, يعني, uncle's son, oh, cousin of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may Allah forgive you. And then he says, Ala da'utani fa'atiyak, or fa'atiyak, يعني, why didn't you just call me and I would come to you? You're Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's cousin. And then he says, فَقَالَ ibn Abbas, لَا الْعِلْمُ يُؤْتَى That no knowledge is sought. It's not going to be a walk in the park, subhanAllah, for those knowledge seekers and seekers of knowledge. And in reality, everyone, no matter what status you reach in this dunya regarding knowledge, you will be a student of knowledge till the day you die. You will be a student of knowledge till the day you die. So inshallah, we'll start next week, Sheikh, with the point, don't go too early and don't overstay the visit. And that's an important point too. Excellent. Jazakallah khair, dear Sheikh, for these important principles uh, regarding uh, the etiquettes of visiting. We spoke about seeking permission with respect. We spoke about also seeking permission if you want to bring someone with you. We spoke about modesty and shyness. We also spoke about uh, to return after three attempts when you're knocking at the door if you don't get a reply. And we also finally spoke about the point of avoiding times 
of prohibition or avoiding times where it's not from the custom to visit someone. I'd like to thank you one more time. Barakallahu fiqdi, Sheikh. Inshallah, we'll be back with part number three of the etiquettes of visiting uh, very soon. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters who tuned in. Until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Albayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.